Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or to him, good already. This Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. We've got a lot to talk about today. I've, like, believe it or not, I have an entire phone block planned with a lot of very interesting smartphone news. But to start off with, we have a lot of rather heavier topics. Starting off with news I thought was old, but this has just been in, this has been in the works so long that a lot of us in the tech media completely forgot this hasn't officially happened yet. That is the FTC officially approving the T-Mobile and Sprint merger. Yeah, I know, right? Like, th this seemed like something that definitely already happened. But it hasn't. They can now move forward. It is pushing forward. And, yeah. Unfortunately, this merger will, weirdly enough, mean... The name Sprint may, in fact, vanish, which is going to be really weird. H how long has Sprint been around? Like, as long as I can remember, but then again, you know, I'm relatively young. So this means the major U.S. carriers will be Verizon... AT&T, and the new T-Mobile. Now, as part of the agreement for the merger to be approved, T-Mobile and Sprint needs to sell off a chunk of its assets to Dish Network. Thus, hopefully turning Dish into a supposed fourth competitor. Now, I have a problem with this. First off, you want... You want to force a company to sell their assets? That, that just seems odd and weird, but I, I know it happens. It's just odd. And of all the places, Dish? You want Dish to become a cell phone provider. Whereas U.S. Cellular, Cricket, I mean, freaking name a company. There are plenty of other carriers out there that are trying to build up their own infrastructure. Why not sell it to them and have them actually, like, try to be competitive other than... Oh, yeah, it's those guys. Those guys where I don't get any cell service downtown. You give it to Dish. Keep in mind, Dish Network is owned by AT&T. One of the other major networks. Why? Why is this the agreement? This makes no blasted sense. 
I... <sighs> On one hand, it's a good thing for T-Mobile and Sprint. Because honestly, as someone who uses Sprint, at least out here in my neck of the woods, there are areas where everyone has connections in in certain areas and my cell phone's just nothing i have noticed that recently like literally on friday that my phone has gotten much better reception in in, in a bunch of those areas and i think that actually has to do with T-Mobile and Sprint just flipping a switch and the two networks sharing their network. I can't prove that, of course, but... Or that could also just be a placebo effect. Who knows? But the whole concept of turning Dish Network into a supposed fourth competitor is stupid. Just straight up. It, it it's just you could have picked anyone else heck i know spectrum which is a merger of time warner and charter communications has been trying to build up a, a mobile network and they aren't owned by at&t they're in fact owned by no one Antitrust law- laws effectively don't exist anymore. I mean, that's the thing, though. If if you're just going to play the whole game of, oh, well, antitrust doesn't exist, then why even make this second part here? Why not just say, all right, fine, here, just go join, whatever. There, let there only be three p- pieces of competition. Because let's be honest. With this, there really is only three networks to compete with. Because DISH isn't going to count. Because DISH is just part of AT&T. It's so dumb. However, the other weird thing to come out of this is... The new T-Mobile is being required by the DOJ to support eSIMs. Now, again, on one hand, I'm looking forward to it. The whole concept of eSIMs is so much better. Than losing a sim and also knowing that I can just go into the reset and clear out the sim and not have to worry about opening up a phone and having to take the sim card out. On the other hand, what business of it is the is it of the DOJ to tell <laughs> to tell companies what they have to support? This just seems like the most what the heck of anything? 
you would have thought they would have had better things to do than say, you have to support Electronic Sims. I would get it if it was... Like, I get it in some ways, okay? I mean, it is the DOJ's business to tell cell phone makers, for example, that they have to support existing standards. Like, say, oh, I don't know, supporting USB on a phone as the universal standard. Or that you have to support the SIM card standard. As opposed to inventing your own and making the marketplace atrocious and not do stupid things like oh I don't know using your own proprietary lightning cable Apple still not a fan but we'll get to that more in a moment but it's just like oh eSIMs so here's my question are you going to require the other carriers to support eSIMs? Are you going to require the other cell phone manufacturers to support eSIMs? Because otherwise this just looks like bullying. And bullying with, like, a wiffle bat. Because this isn't really much of anything, really. I'm just going to categorize this under uh, bizarre. All right. I'm honestly not sure if we talked about this uh, last week on Eagle Eyes on Tech or not. But Nintendo is officially facing a lawsuit regarding the Joy-Con drift issue. We'll be seeing how the lawsuit progresses, but, uh, yeah. I I don't know how far this is going to go, to be perfectly honest. Especially since Nintendo is now officially saying, we will repair or replace your Joy-Con for free. Which, in a related story, I really need, somebody remind me, I really need to look up how to get my Joy-Cons replaced for free because my left one um it it is uh tweaking out. My right one actually might be too, but I never use that one like ever at all. Because any any time I like no joke, the the whole concept of the Switch is that it has two controllers built in. You can take it wherever and just say, "Here buddy, here use this controller and and, and let's go play some games together." Like maybe some beats just beats and shapes. And they look at that Joy-Con and go, Are you high? This thing is so tiny. I'm afraid I might swallow it. And I'm like, no, you're just too... No, you're right. And so in the end, I suffer with the, uh, with the Joy-Con and just hand them my Pro Controller. Or something to that affair. Because I'm a nice guy. And down the road I might just find cheap pro controllers. Or cheap wireless controllers, really, for that sort of thing. 
Because honestly, the, the Joy-Cons as a controller, they're just designed poorly. Or actually, there have been a, a bunch of third-party Joy-Cons popping up. Maybe I can find one that actually works well on its own, even if it adds a little bit of extra bulk. The point is there's a lawsuit. Moving on. This story maybe should have gone into the weird section of the podcast, but, um, yeah, how how about this for a headline? Louisiana governor declares state of emergency after a local ransomware outbreak. Yeah, a ransomware outbreak. Three school districts, in fact, all their computers are held hostage because they were targeted with ransomware. This is getting nuts. To which then, I would like to remind all of my listeners here today, the proper etiquette of being on the internet. Uh, first off, a back your stuff up. You don't have to be. You don't have to have crazy overkill like I do. You don't need a data center in another in an, in, a, in, a, in your spare bedroom like I do. You don't need to have extra hard drives on top of extra hard drives on top of extra hard drives or anything like that. Just, just you know, back up your essentials. Do do the simple stuff. This is this is good stuff. This is just good stuff just to just use. And second, don't open anything that seems sketch. I cannot stress this en- freaking enough. It is literally the easiest thing in the world. If a friend of yours sends you a link that you have no idea where it's going, if it's sending you to youtube.ru.ca.totallylegit.ch.legit.com Guess what? It ain't YouTube! Stop it! Don't click on it! Look at the link! You can easily be able to tell what weird links you get are most likely going to be viruses. Here's another tip. If you're downloading something and you're expecting it to be a picture or say a ROM that you need for running, because I, I, I legit, this actually happened to me countless times. This is actually rampant out there. I kid you not, I was looking for a very specific version of Final Fantasy IV for when I was speedrunning the free Enterprise ROM hack. Alright? I went through nine different sources until I found a legitimate ROM because the first eight sent me Final Fantasy II.exe. ROMs are not EXEs. I don't know what those were, but I'm 80% positive they're viruses. 
And so, yeah, for a while, my computer was holding eight little Trojans sitting in their package, unopened. You want to know why my computer is still safe? Because I didn't open them! That's all it takes. Mac is .exe safe. The thing is, is that Mac has so many other odd exploits. Like, here's the thing. Like, with Windows, it's very difficult to get a virus on a computer without the user allowing it to happen. On Mac, because Apple pretty much gives is about on a 3 out of 10 as far as the care level of security because they're Mac and security through obscurity is king. A lot of those exploits that wouldn't work on Windows do work on Mac. So yeah, the EXE Trojans don't work on Macs, but others do. Even if you're on a Mac, just be cautious. Just be aware. Oh yeah, and if you download a picture and it's in the form of a screensaver file, don't open it. Delete it immediately. That's a virus. The whole point of it is to take command of your computer. That was actually going around a lot on Twitch. Bots going around and saying, Oh my god, look at this crazy... Look at what this crazy streamer grill did. And you click on it and you're immediately downloading a screensaver file. No joke, I went and experimented with one of those in a virtual machine, in a safety box. And yeah, sure enough, it made a remote access tunnel for someone to use that virtual machine. Yeah, don't do it. Your computer will be assimilated into a botnet, and you will be used to go crash the Final Fantasy XIV servers for the 13th time in a day. Don't click sketch links. Have I have I ground that into your skulls yet? Do not click suspicious things. Now, of course, schools are easy targets. Because the kids don't know any better. Or they do know better, and will still do it anyway. Uh, all right, well, let's move on to probably the most predictable story in the world. You know, if we talked about how Google was caught. Listening in on conversations through their Google Home devices. Amazon has been caught listening on conversations thanks to their Echo devices. Hmm, have we forgot anyone? Oh yeah, Apple Siri. Well, guess what? In a story that should that that should shock people but not surprise anyone, Apple too has been hearing confidential details on Siri recordings. And Here's the best part. Some of the details from the from the Guardian are interesting. The article just starts off, Apple contractors regularly hear confidential medical information, drug deals, 
and recordings of couples having sex as part of their job providing quality control or grading the company's Siri voice assistant. The Guardian has learned. Huh. What have we kept hearing whenever these things? They won't listen. They will never, ever listen. Unless you say the keyword. And what did everyone except us skeptics say? Oh, okay, that sounds legit. What did us skeptics say? Bullshit. We knew. We knew. We knew. It was only a matter of time. And now, those of us who are always, like myself, suspicious of new tech get to say, I told you so. I told you so. All of you guys, all of you out there are just like, these smart speakers are the best. They're safe. They're so secure. I told you so. I told you so. I freaking called it, says the owner of an Echo Dot. So yeah, there you go. No one is safe. Smart speakers are listening to everything, and there are always spies lurking about, as long as you have a smart speaker. Or, you know, have the Hey Siri feature enabled, or any such thing enabled on your device. They could just listen to you via a cell phone. Well, yeah, they could if you enable things like the voice activated version of it. But I mean, otherwise they really can't unless, you know, they're Huawei and then they just don't care. But, you know, we'll get to Huawei in a bit. Wait, do I have my things out of order? No, I don't. Okay. Oh. Yeah, Zexel, Zexel in the chat mentions, uh, I have a lot of tabs open. There's a lot to cover. Like Equifax finally agreeing with the F- FTC to pay a $700 million fine. As a result of their 2017 data breach. This was, past tense, was the old, the old biggest data breach in history. There are bigger ones now. But basically, this settlement amounts to $20,000 per person. Unfortunately, those people who had their that had their private details breached will not see a cent of it as far as I'm aware. Let me actually quickly scan through, see if they see the word restitution. Anyone here? I seriously doubt it, because usually these fines, the, the victims see nothing. No. No, they do not. So yeah, if you forgot about the Equifax breach, there you go. That's how that went. But the Equifax breach is nothing. Underline nothing. 
Oh, there is a lawsuit talking about... No, there is a lawsuit in progress with Equifax regarding the damages that are being caused. Okay. But this fine has nothing to do with it. That's the only thing that's really confirmed right now. See, I hate... um, I hate reporting on requests to damages because that means that nothing's been officially filed yet. Like, once it becomes a class action lawsuit... Then it's worth reporting. Now you've taken the first steps rather than... I mean, I can say all day, I'm going to get a new computer. I'm going to get a new computer. I'm going to get a new computer. It means nothing until I actually go and place the order. Oh, and it's old news. There's actually a decent chance I talked about it. Oh, a week ago. Hmm. Well, regardless, there there you go. There are rumors, reports, whatever, that those who have been victimized might be p- part of a class action lawsuit. Details on whether the class action lawsuit have been filed are unknown at this time. You know what has been confirmed, though? And I actually don't know. I actually don't remember if I reported $500 million or $5 billion last week that Facebook left to pay... For the privacy breaches. But it has been confirmed now. It is out on paper. It has been made official rather than... Yeah, the FTC is totally going to do this. Are you sure they're going to... Yeah, they're going to. Facebook is going to be paying $5 billion to the FTC because of the Cambridge Analytica scandal. Which, once again, I need to make out the, uh, I have to, you know, state once again, what about all the other times they do these, these, they do these breaches? Are they going to face five billion for every single time it happens? But in addition to that, Facebook has to pay another $100 million SEC fine over the same scandal. The FTC is also going to be suing Cambridge Analytica because of their practices. <laughs> to, to push even further, part of the settlement with Facebook in addition to the, to the $5 billion, is that Facebook has to stop giving Microsoft, Sony, and I know there's a couple other ones here. This article only talks about Microsoft and Sony, but I know a few other companies, including Twitter, also had this sort of backdoor unlimited access to Facebook's data, which actually, honestly, that's going to hurt Facebook more than the money. $5.1 $5.1 billion is a good chunk of change to Facebook, but it's just that, a chunk of change. It would be like finding me $50. I'm not going to panic, but it's still going to go, ow. I could have gotten like stuff with that. But it's not going to be the end of the world. The fact that they have to end this, that's going to hurt Facebook more. 
And then to top it all off, Facebook's cryptocurrency, Libra, has now, before it even launches, being counterfeited and used in scams all across the internet, including on Facebook itself. So first off, if you want to invest in Libra, which, by the way, I recommend against, but I've been against investing in cryptocurrency pretty much since the dawn of cryptocurrency, because it's always felt like an unstable house of cards that would collapse at any minute. And granted, when it came to cryptocurrency, I have been wrong. That house of cards, for whatever reason, defying all logic, just keeps growing and occasionally collapsing, but then growing even bigger after that. But I mean, Facebook running a cryptocurrency? No. Facebook running blank? No. Wouldn't trust Facebook with a house of cards. But I digress. There are scams everywhere trying to sell Libra. Libra, by the way, is not out yet. It's not out yet. Just don't. Just don't do it. Don't invest in Libra right now. And if you do when it's out, only get it from Facebook. Although I highly recommend you rethink your life before doing so. And then finally, before we get to the first break, Huawei. Do I need to say any more? I admit, I've been very critical of Huawei. But that's mostly because, I mean... They're a company that's been caught stealing that's caught stealing intellectual property countless times, and then magically that same property they stole just magically ends up on their own phones. It's crazy, isn't it? Well, as far as the US relations with Huawei, it's been lightening up. Well, this is going to be a huge step backward because Huawei has been allegedly developing a spy network for North Korea. Yes, Huawei has been building a cellular network for North Korea. Okay, sounds good so far. I mean, get get their citizens, you know, a step closer to not being basically robots to to a dictator regime. But the sole purpose is to have it spy on their on its users. North Korea, if you somehow don't know, is considered an enemy of the US. 
I mean, realistically, North Korea is pretty much an enemy to almost every single nation ever, except for China and I think Russia? A couple nations in the Middle East, probably, as well. So, as far as Huawei being allowed to work again with American companies, if this is confirmed to be true, and I do want to stress that, this is all allegedly at this moment. There is no solid proof yet that we know of. If this is confirmed true, you think that that everything's going to go all nice, fine, hunky-dory for Huawei in China? Like, this, by far, might be the stupidest thing that Huawei could have done if it's true. Now, this isn't going to be the start of any sort of armed conflict or anything. Do not get me wrong. But this is going to be a major reason that sanctions, as well as embargoes on Huawei and possibly all of China, might go into place specifically to stop this kind of behavior. There is not going to be a single shot fired. The chat's already starting to, starting to most likely sarcastically go, Oh, no, no, bombs, a bomb, a bomb, a bomb. No, 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 no. This is not going to result in any actual physical shots fired. This will, however continue the trade wars that are already going on and is in fact going to escalate them if it's true because you can't have this you just can't okay yes technically North Korea does shoot at South Korea in the demilitarized zone. Yes, that's technically true, but that has nothing to do with... Chat, you're getting me off topic. Stop that. Stay on, stay, stay on target. Stay on target. This is a Huawei story. Not a North Korea is bad story. Because, spoiler alert, nobody needs a tech show to tell you, to tell you that North Korea is bad. crying out loud that might be the one truth in the world all right we're gonna take a break here when we come back we're gonna get on to lighter topics more interesting more fun topics like uh corsair taking further steps into trying to become quite possibly a new tech giant in the computer space
Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. So, Corsair has been Mo has been just first. All right. So, first off, I want to get off topic a little bit. Chat for just for for interacting with with the host during a break. Do not be sorry. It's the whole point of recording a podcast live to have a chat to interact with. It is absolutely not your fault for doing the one thing you came here to do. <laughs> oh, all right. So Coursera has actually been on a buying spree lately. Coursera, if you don't know, is one of the te- tech... Uh, Is one of the tech, um, one of the bigger manufacturers out there. They make cases, they make power supply, they make RAM. They've made a few pre-built systems, including some kind of old school or some uh, cylindrical Mac Pro-esque systems. And when I say Mac Pro, I mean the cylindrical trash can Mac Pro, not the impending cheese grater that is actually a Mac Pro. On that same topic, though, for all the, like, the Mac Pro is actually getting a lot of hate recently. I hate to break it to you, even as a guy who is a very common Apple critic. This is not a system to hate. This is a system that is actually built and priced for professionals. And most of the complaints I'm hearing about the cheese grater are just not valid. Period. There's really only one complaint about the Mac Pro that's been valid. And that's the stand for their slightly overpriced monitor. That stand price is stupid. And that is indefensible. There is no defending that, and I have not found a single Apple fanboy that's been able to defend that. Which is good. Maybe that means the Apple fanboys are actually becoming smarter. But I digress. Corsair has has made plenty of devices in the past. In fact, recently, they acquired Logitech. So they have everything they've made. And I believe they've also acquired Elgato as well. Let me quickly double check on that. Who owns Elgato? Yep, that is confirmed. It is Corsair. And I want to make sure, I think... Oh no, Logitech acquired Blue. Wait, did Corsair acquire Logitech? Oh no, I take that back. Corsair did not acquire Logitech. I withdraw that. Corsair did buy Elgato, though. Which is a big player in... The streaming and digital entertainment creation space. With the Stream Deck... 
with their lighting system, with their capture cards, Elgato is a big deal. Well, Corsair now has made a new acquisition, and this one is an even bigger deal. Corsair has bought Origin PC. Origin PC, if you can't tell, is a PC manufacturer. In fact, Origin actually makes a good number of super high-end, over-the-top systems. Basically, Origin does not make a cheap option. They make high-end gaming options. I don't even think they have an option for... Well, they do have an option for some workstations, but they're just like... Yeah, we threw a Quadro card in with this Core i9. Have fun, kid. It's not a true workstation. Like the Mac Pro, or the Dell Precision, or the ThinkStation, or the, or the HP Z series. This now, this now means that Origin does make, and can make, pretty much every single thing in a computer setup aside from the monitor. That's it. So we're going to see down the road where this takes Corsair. But I'm telling you right now, this actually might have Corsair successfully competing against companies like MSI, like Asus. And with certain divisions of some of the big boys. But we'll see. Also, by the way, um, the GeForce RTX 2080 Super came out. I'm not going to lie, I have never seen a high-end graphic card release to the littlest of fanfare. It is actually surprising how little the tech community cares about the RTX Super. Or the RTX 2080 Super. The 2080 Super is about 8% faster than the RTX 2080 at the same price of $799, so it's an $800 GPU. And NVIDIA's trying to make it sound like this is the most amazing card ever. It beats out the Titan cards from last year. So what? It's still an $800 card. With a number on it that used to represent the $500 mark. The 2080 Super is in a weird spot. Because no one's going to shell out that kind of money for a graphic card. And not just say, well, why not just save up for the 2080i and just get the best? 
because now you're starting to creep into that super high level of computer user. And those are the kind of people who would buy a Titan for the sake of having a Titan. Not because they needed the performance of the Titan. Not because they needed the features of any of the Titan cards. But because they just wanted to say, I have a Titan. And what's even more disappointing is that some of the reviewers, specifically the first one I heard this from was Jay's Two Cents, was that really all the 2080 is is what the original GPU was supposed to be. Because when the the original GPUs launched, they launched with their Quadro counterparts, which were not cut down to reach price points at all. They were just Quadro cards. They were released out there. They were put out there with their super high price point, and they were put out there with their double precision, with their floating point accuracy, with all their anything that made them Quadro cards because that's what Quadro cards do. They are used for professional use that require absolute precision when computing. Well, the 2080 Super now just matches what the RTX 4000, RTX uh, Quadro 4000 is. So it's not that this GPU took any sort of real development to make. It did not take a refinement of the production quality to get to this level. No. It's a card that already existed. A GPU that already existed. Just without the features built into it that makes it a professional Quadro card. To which, of course, the question then becomes, why didn't you just release this in the first place? And then that got me thinking. Graphic card manufacturers do this all the time. It is not uncommon to take an existing architecture, refine it a little bit, bump up the core counts, make it a little better, refine the architecture you made, and release it as a new generation. This gets a little tinfoil hatty, but hear me out. I think the RTX 2060 Super, 2070 Super, and 2080 Super were originally going to be the starting cards for the RTX 2100 line. I think the only reason these Super cards exist is because AMD actually managed to put out a GPU that actually had a reason to buy. And NVIDIA released these cards early and slapped the word super on it to make it seem like it's the same generation just bumped up and better to compete with AMD. But I'm willing to bet 
this 2080 Super was going to be the 2180. And so on down the line with the rest of them. Which means it would not surprise me if they had a 2050 Super that was going to be the GTX 1660 Ti with Turing cores. It would not surprise me in the least if there were more of these cards. And they're only releasing these three because AMD actually proved they have a GPU that actually can fight back for the first time. And not fight back in the same way that Ryzen did. Ryzen, when it fought back, it hit about as hard as a freaking cannon. Like, holy cow. Ryzen hit, and it hit hard. Like, no question about it. Let's get to the cell phone block. I teased this at the beginning of the show, that I had an entire block. Well, for, first we're going to talk about the iPhone 11. The iPhone 11 is rumored... To be getting a, a new Taptic engine, that means a new piece of hardware so that you can feel what you're touching on the screen. A new front-facing camera, a new lightning port. Or not a new lightning port, but it's going to be keeping the lightning port. Despite the fact that Apple has shown us plenty of evidence... That USB-C is the future for them, even on their tablet devices and on their other devices. There's already an iPad out there with USB-C. The iPhone will not be seeing USB-C yet. It is rumored to start next year. Which now raises the question, if you're in, in the market for a phone, should you keep what you got or just... Or upgrade to an iPhone 11 when it comes out. Keep what you got. If you're absolutely desperate and you have to stay in the iPhone universe, I would actually look for an iPhone 10. Because the iPhone 11, iPhone 10s and 10R are not compelling buys. They still are not compelling buys. The 10R might... Be compelling if you can find it discounted enough. But I'll I'll be blunt with you. If it was my money, and even though I was spending it over the course of two years, because that's how phones work here in the U.S., I would not buy an iPhone XR unless it was under 400 Straight up. It's just not a worthwhile phone. The 10s starts at $1,000. It includes nothing useful over the 10. The 11, what do we got? New camera system, which is going to be in an ugly block. A new front-facing camera. A new Taptic engine, most likely an upgraded processor again, which is going to be negligible. And that's it. 
the 11 doesn't even sound all that compelling. So why? Why do it? Meanwhile, at Intel, Intel has sold off its mobile division to Apple. Intel actually does make modem chips for cell phones, but it's been hemorrhaging money, and Apple has successfully bought it from Intel, brought that division for the low, low price of $1 billion. Which Intel did not like the offer at first, but they reconsidered after real after realizing, oh man, this department sucks. Fine, we'll take a billion. Whatevs. So there you go. Mobile Intel, now a department of Apple. Though I don't think that includes the super low wattage CPUs that Intel makes. I believe they still own that. But there you go. Shifting gears again. We are noticing on the Pixel 4 that there's a reason there are some bezels on that phone in a world where everyone's too scared to, get, to put on bezels. By the way, phone makers, stop being afraid to put on bezels. Stop it. Embrace the bezel. Do it. They are putting multiple front-facing cameras, including a 3D depth sensing camera on the front. At least according to a new leak. Now, I for one approve of this. I would much rather have a bezel on the top of the phone than say, oh, I don't know, a huge chunk of the screen missing out of it. Like, okay, I have the Galaxy S10. I kind of like the the the, the borderless aspect aspect of it, but in the end, I end up putting up a putting up an outer box around it, so it still looks like I have bezels. But then, of course, when I try using the entire screen, oh, hey, look, uh, yeah, that camera hole. It's better than the notch, but not by much. It's kind of stupid red apparently has learned nothing because of course well let me actually first start off with with who red is a lot of people probably don't even know who red is they make a lot of crazy high-end digital cameras they're usually the ones who make like four 8K cameras 
for, say, Hollywood, for big movie production. Okay, they are a big name in that space. They recently made a product called the Hydrogen One. It was a smartphone by Red that its sole purpose in life was to be crazy overpriced and to have a 3D screen like you would have on a 3DS and be able to take pictures in 3D. In reality, the whole point of the Hydrogen One was uh, it is a silly gimmick that no one will ever use and in fact, much like the 3DS, you want to turn off immediately, but otherwise it was built like a tank. Oh yeah, and cost $1,400. So, you know, no one bought it. Because it was a $1,400 phone! But Red has claimed that the reason the Hydrogen 1 failed was because... Well, it was a cheaply made Chinese phone... Therefore, we're going to use different manufacturers and make the Hydrogen 2. Red. Red, red, red. Well, let me tell you something. Okay? There, you know what the re- real reason that most people didn't buy the Hydrogen 1? It's because it's a fourteen hundred dollar phone. Even Apple is struggling to sell a fourteen hundred dollar phone, and Apple has the assistance of Kool Aid to help them sell phones. You're red. Most people think you're a color. You want to get into this space? Make a cheaper phone. You could easily, underline easily, make a cheaper phone, make the focus of it your high-quality digital sensor. For crying out loud, you are known to the professionals as the camera maker. Make the camera good. The camera on the Hydrogen 1 sucked. You want my advice, Red? Make a smartphone. Make it run Android. Make it a freaking 2D screen. Don't do anything crazy stupid. Put a good camera in it. And for the love of God, just keep the same build quality. That sucker was built like a tank. And market it as the professional smartphone. This is not that difficult. This is the if if Red insists on making a smartphone like this, just market it as a professional vlogger phone. Not that hard. Biggest no-brainer in the history of ever, and Red can't put two and two together to figure it out. 
Samsung is relaunching the Galaxy Fold after redesigning the hinge and the gaps and is expected to launch in September. In case you forgot that, yes, there is a more expensive phone than the $1,400 Hydrogen Red. The only thing is that, well, at least the Fold gives you a new concept, like a folding phone. They have redesigned the screen so that one of the layers of the LCD does not look like a screen protector. The hinge is designed so that there's more coverage. And that stuff will not get stuck under the screen. But, but, T-Mobile which now, keep in mind, is two carriers, will no longer offer the Fold. Wow. That's it, huh? Already, companies are pulling out of having the Fold. That's what it's come to. But none of that compares to proof that smartphones are becoming more and more like PCs. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the new Asus Republic of Gamers Phone 2. The new most powerful smartphone in the world. This phone I'm not going to lie, I love this phone for all the wrong reasons. This phone is rocking two front-facing speakers, a 120Hz OLED screen, so it has fast, zippy response speed. It has a USB Type-C connector on both the bottom and the side for its various accessories. It has a vapor chamber cooler on the inside to keep everything cooler cooler it is using the most powerful snapdragon processor out there and is overclocking it it has two rear facing cameras which kind of whatever it does not care about its screen to body ratio so it does have a bezel on the top and bottom and unfortunately we do not know what the price is but it will be a 6.59 inch amoled screen with 12 gigabytes of RAM and a 6,000 milliamp battery with either a capacity of 128 gigs or 512 gigabytes. And this phone has so many crazy accessories that I kid you not when I say this, this thing can also double as a Nintendo Switch-like device. It has a dock so that you can dock it to a TV and a case that includes slide rails for Joy-Con-like controllers. But unlike the Joy-Cons, actually have buttons placed like not an idiot. And are also ergonomic. In addition, the so software on it is built 
to be a Steam-esque launcher, if you so choose. It comes with an active cooler on a lot of the accessories. It's just... It's so over the top. The first ROG phone was crazy over the top, and now it's going to be even more over the top. I, for, you know, I would love this phone and everything it represents. First off, just because it's unique. I mean, for crying out loud, I could hold up my phone right now, and you would not know what this phone is. If it weren't for the fact I said what it was earlier. Do you know what this phone is? Look at it. You don't know. It's it's a it's a freaking glass brick. It could be anything. The only way you'd tell is if you studied the rear cameras enough. Or B, you turned it on and saw there was a hole in the screen and went, Oh, that's the S ten. We unfortunately, however, don't know what the price is. On the ROG phone, I am willing to bet it's going to be over 1000 unfortunately. But at least, for that money, you would at least guaranteed have literally the most powerful cell phone on the planet. We're going to take our last break here. When we come back, we enter the world of the weird tech news including a futuristic city being built and Bethesda becoming more and more like EA. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. So, Bethesda has re-released at QuakeCon Doom, Doom 2, and Doom 3 for the Switch and on other platforms as well. So, so far that sounds fine, right? Nothing weird going on here. Except for one thing. You are required to log into Bnet when you sign on to the game to play Doom. The original Doom! You know, the thing that people keep joking about running on calculators? You have to sign in. You have to have internet access to sign on to these things. And do who knows what else while you're logged in there. What happens when Bnet goes down? Do I no longer have access to this sort of stuff? This is this is this sort of stuff annoys me to no end. It's so dumb. And you know what's even better? The classic Doom games that were on the Xbox and the Xbox 360 and all the other previous platforms, they've just kind of vanished. But they've reappeared on the newer platforms with some of the features missing and uh, requiring you to sign in to Bnet. Why? 
What is going on at Bethesda? I don't think I have ever seen a company go from... We make big games that are pretty glitchy and can sometimes ruin the experience, but are otherwise kind of charming in their own sort of way. To just releasing hot garbage and being as unfriendly to the player as possible. Ever since Fallout 76 launched, and some of the hardcore Bethesda fans would argue since Fallout 4, I honestly did not see much wrong with Fallout 4. It came off to me as a very glitchy game, but still functioned and you could still totally play it. It actually reminded me a lot of Skyrim in that regard. Although I did get down to... One of the final areas, I'm not going to say what for spoilers. And then it was just like, but what do I have to do here? Oh, help these guys destroy this place? But I don't want to. This is like, like, they're right. And I just stopped playing after that. This game was just like, nah, you got to do this if you want to progress. Well, I guess I'm staying here forever now. Bye. That was it. And now this. Returning a classic. And just being unfriendly and almost hot. I mean, can you imagine if you were on your Switch, you just wanted to go play somewhere in like a waiting room or something and just, oh, you can't because you can't sign in because you don't have internet because, of course, your Switch only has Wi-Fi. Every single person that I knew that was a Bethesda fan has turned their back hard on Bethesda. And you know, between the begging, I'm not even going to call it a, 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 um, a PR stunt, but the begging that happened at EA this year of Bethesda saying, we care about people. We care about developers. We care about the players. It's you, the players, the gamers who keep us afloat, who care about, who keep us working. We care about you. You're EA. Bethesda is officially EA. They haven't gone full loot box yet. Oh, actually, yes, they have. It's called Fallout 76. By the way, fun fact, when I was actually out at a... I can't, I can't remember why I was at Best Buy, but I was at Best Buy. Oh, yeah, I was trying to find DQ Builders, and I couldn't. Or DQ Builders 2, I'm sorry. But uh, while I was looking for it, I did find Fallout 76 still on shelves. For five bucks. 
for five bucks. For less money than a good lunch. That's how far it's fallen. And I am glad that the Bethesda fans do not have the same blind loyalty for Bethesda as they do, as say, Apple fans have for Apple. There is nothing Apple can do that will get its fans to betray them. But it, but every single person I know who was a Bethesda fan hates them now. Just straight up. I don't know how Bethesda recovers from this. Because once you lose trust, it's over. Like, EA could fire everyone at their head and then be, like, as player-friendly as old-school Blizzard. And no one would trust them. No one. Once you lose trust, that's it. You're done. And Bethesda's losing it. Now, we talked about Origin PC earlier and how they make kind of crazy computers. Here's one for you. They have created Big O. Yes, they have created a giant mechanized suit that roams around in a Gotham City-like environment taking on other giant monsters. It is amazing, and it's, and it's hard to fight. Oh, it's a computer? It's just the name they put on the computer? Oh. Oh. Now I want to go watch Big O. Regardless, Big O is their new over-the-top gaming desktop that is 100% water-cooled running I need to get the specs a MSI Z390 godlike motherboard that's one of MSI's top tier motherboards for basic for uh, non-enthusiast level gaming so it's so it's not going to have like one of the huge 28 core monstrosities in or anything like that no this is you know Good enough for gaming. Good enough for high-end gaming. A Core i9-9900K. So, you know, eight cores, the bell, all the bells and whistles. An NVIDIA Titan RTX. 64 gigabytes of Corsair Dominator Platinum RGB RAM. Two, two terabytes Samsung Evo MVME drives, a 14 terabyte Seagate Barracuda, all running Windows 10. In addition, the other side is rocking. And I kid you not when I say this, an Xbox One and a PS4. Both 
Plus, it has a dock in the front for a Nintendo Switch. This tower is running all the major consoles and a big freaking high-end gaming rig in it all on one water cooling loop. Now, granted, the Switch is not water-cooled. But, I mean, does it have to be? It has a built-in HDMI switcher with all the ports in it. The consoles themselves have been stripped out of the boxes and then custom water-cooled up. It clearly identifies which one's the PS4, which one's the Xbox, and then they're just sitting there bare with a with a fan blowing from the front so there's cool air going over the MOSFETs and whatnot. The SOC is water cool. It's, it's, it's just insane. It is absolutely insane. And yet, with an HDMI switcher, with built-in Ethernet so that you can just hard line up the... Uh, the Xbox and the PS4 while you're at it too, because why not? The USB ports for each one are marked individually. There is only one problem with this system. This system is not being mass-produced. You were expecting me to tell you the price, weren't you? No, this system is not being mass-produced. You have to commission one to be built. And then you work with Origin to then have yours built. So... Even though I have no intention on buying one, and Origin might actually get mad at me for tying up their sales department for asking these questions and having no intention on buying anything, but I'd want to know, how much would it be to get one of these systems, but let's go a little bit further, why not get a PS2 in there? Let's get some other, let's get some other consoles in there. And then while we're at it, let's get a dedicated capture card in there. Let's get some, uh, some either some frame meisters to convert the uh, to, to convert the older ones to HDMI and have it look, look picture perfect. Or um, God, my, I'm blanking on what the other mainstream uh, converter is. An OSSC, there we go. Let's get a couple OSSCs in there, convert the other consoles in there. You know, I mean, that would probably start getting into high five digits, low six digits for that kind of customization in there. But, dude, you would have every big time console, every single big retro streamer's wet dream in one box. A system rocking a Core i9, you could easily stream with it. You might be able to game and stream at the same time. But, you know, since they're just being commissioned, I mean, 
why not go over the top? Why not go the extra mile? And they're water-cooled anyway. Let's get some tighter frickin' uh, elbow rings on there. We can stack the motherboards. Take off the panel, look on the side, have it look like a filing cabinet with all the console motherboards in there. Since they're commissioned, I mean, you could just go nuts. Ooh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. This is absurd, and despite the fact that you're now property of Corsair, and you're not going to make so many over-the-top systems as much anymore, and that you're part of the Corsair family cor- uh, origin, hats off to you guys. You guys are lunatics, and I love it. You're almost as much of a lunatic as Frankie Zapata, who made a hoverboard, an actual, real hoverboard. Don't stand up. (laughs) Um, Frankie Zappa, who is a hoverboard inventor, unfortunately failed to cross the English Channel on his flying jet board. It was unfortunately only able to fly for 20 minutes before running out of fuel, and he missed the refueling in the air and landed in the English Channel. However, I'm not going to lie, he looked cool while doing it. Like, that hoverboard looked dangerous AF, but he looked awesome while doing it. Not going to lie. Now, in weird news from Google, make a bigger board to hold more fuel. The problem is then you're still, with the board being bigger, that means there's more mass. That means it's going to consume more fuel to do it. And it might not be worth it. Anyway, Google is buying faces for $5. Just you, I actually, you know what? I actually recommend this. If you want to get a laugh, just walk up to someone and say, "Hey, Google will buy your face for five bucks," and then just walk away. Leave that person absolutely dumbfounded by what you have just uttered. But this is actually no joke. Google is actually. Paying people $5 to scan their face for their new facial recognition service. So, at least you got five bucks out of it? <laughs> yeah, that's not weird at all. But, um, believe it or not, no. Despite hoverboards all-in-one gaming systems, Google buying faces, that is nothing compared to the last verb, the last story of this day, the weirdest story of the day. It is so weird that it might even top Gamer Girl Bathwater. 
the Saudi Arabia crown prince is planning on building a $500 billion city with robot dinosaurs, flying cars, and even an artificial moon. Of which then, the entire city would also be almost all autonomous, thus making workers almost entirely obsolete in the town, having it almost all be operated by robots. Uh, Basically, the Saudi crown prince just woke up one day and was just like, (gasps) I need to make the Jetsons real. How else do you explain this? I mean, what else can you say? That's going to do it for me. Thank you so much for listening. I do encourage you to listen to my weekly podcast, The Early Burb Briefing, which you can find just about anywhere you found this podcast that airs every morning. And also make sure to check out my Twitch channel. We stream Sundays, Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays at twitch.tv slash eaglefalcon. Daily! Early burp is daily. I said weekly, didn't I? Whoops. Take care. Have a good day. I know I normally just leave this small section at the end for just kind of witty comments about about, uh, about whatever the last burb story was, but I do actually have one more story I completely forgot forgot to put into the stack, and it's actually one that does trouble me quite a bit. And this is regarding the Twitch streamer Alinity, who was caught on camera literally double-handed throwing her cat behind her and then well despite the fact that animal abuse is against twitch's terms of service twitch didn't do anything about it and animal sir or uh, animal rights uh what was it i forgot the actual initials of the organization i apologize for that but um whoever's at the actual governmental body that's in charge of actually investigating animal abuses did investigate alinity and found no solid evidence that there was actual any abuse going on um 
Twitch, however, did come back and say that those who were harassing Alinity would receive suspensions. Now, this is a big problem in Twitch. Because if you're going to go ahead and talk about... yeah, There's also talks about her feeding... Uh, about um, she stream feeding them vodka as well. I couldn't find proof of that, but I've heard that as well. That she's been feeding the cats vodka as well. Now, that also could just be a whole stunt... Just just be edgy for edge, and it's just a bottle filled with water. We don't know. But it's still sending the wrong kind of message. And for Twitch to not suspend, at least suspend, the person who is promoting animal abuse, but do suspend and ban people who are giving her the flack that she deserves for publicly showing off this kind of abuse that's a problem that is sending all the wrong messages and you know here's what I'll say right now if if Twitch actually does do this if they go ahead and actually start suspending people who are calling out this kind of behavior? Then you know what? Then those streamers who end up getting banned, I wouldn't blame them for just picking up and just saying, okay, bye. Twitch isn't the only dog in town, and neither is YouTube. This is the kind of thing that can lead to a big company like Twitch to start going down the same path as EA, to start going down the same path as Bethesda. You start losing trust, and you start looking like the bad guy. And if that's the case, you are never going to get that reputation back. Twitch, you know what the right thing is to do. You know it. Whether... It is actual animal abuse or just fake to look like it. It is not okay to be showing this kind of stuff. Period. End of story. You know it. Your your own community guidelines say that it's not. So either enforce your own rules or say something. Because staying silent about this just makes you look like idiots. There we go. That's the end of the podcast. Take care, rest well, and have a good day.